Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 152, episode 4 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's share consciousness and say Uh officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Mm -hmm. Russ Limbaugh, fuck Ben Shapiro, fuck Fondant, and fuck Tucker Carlson. It's Thursday, and J.K. Rowling, rolling, rolling, rolling. It's Thursday, September 24th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I'll take a virgin, do with a cherry and lime. I'll take a virgin. Hey, Red Lobster, this one's mine. That is courtesy of Stephen Rogett, and I am thrilled to be joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Ooh la la la. It's the Daily Zeitgeist, read the show that you choose. Ooh la la la, every day Jack and Miles bring you their hot views. Ooh la 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 Fuck Fox News, and fuck you to the Koch brothers too. I Okay. We used to be number 10. Now, now we, we permanently won. That's now one we of those. number 173 on the podcast news charts, but we'll call that number one. Okay. Uh, anyway, shout out to uh, Jason Christian at Jason C1975 for that wonderful Fuji's inspired AKA. That song, uh, somebody did an AKA for me a couple weeks ago for that song, and I added it to my uh, son's like iTunes music like playlist that we play. Uh, in the car on road trips, and he's real into it. So oh, good. That is I mean, a jam. The 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 uh, Fuji's album, the score. You know, it has a right to children. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, that 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 album <laughs> has a right to have access to children, so they can hear and know the true art. Just gotta find the clean version, the clean cut. Yeah. Um, the. That is also one of those songs that uh, once I started listening to it again, re- I realized that they're just like lines from that song. Like, we used to be number 10. Uh, yeah. That part that just like randomly flashed through my brain, like probably once every couple months. Like yeah. just that. And I'll like find myself saying it out loud. Uh, anyways, thank you to 90s hip hop for mm-hmm. giving me uh, the vast majority of the, the white noise in my brain. Uh, mm-hmm. It's better than just, I guess, regular white noise. Um, <laughs> well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined. This is always a treat. Uh, I know you and I both look forward to any time we have in our third seat the hilarious, the talented Guy Montgomery. Hey, uh, good morning to one and all. I just like to give a huge shout out to uh, 90s hip hop. And also, um, iTunes. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't have an AKA. Um, I'm Guy. AKA. All right. Um, I'm Guy. There you All go. All right. AKA, I'm Guy. Um, How'd your parents come up with that name, Guy? <laughs> um, there was never any doubt, really. I think mm. they, they sort of, it was a judgment call. I came out and they looked at me and they said, well, we know we're going we're gonna to call them. And um, yeah. It, it's it. really it's really worked for me. Yeah, people go, like, yeah. People go crazy <laughs> for it. They love it. Guy Montgomery, you kidding me? Aww. What a name. You're serious? Was that a stage name, man? <laughs> no, no, this is, this is it. This is how I roll. <laughs> wow. Morning and night. 
Hey, man, Mark, get over here. This feller's called Guy Montgomery. <laughs> and Gal is was... the woman version, right? Gal? Yeah, that's, a, yeah. Gal Godot. Her and I, right. we have a, an annual conference where we, we, sort of, we cover <laughs> all sorts of ground, but largely what jokes we've come across at the expense of our first names. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. What Do you get a lot of – did you have a lot of uh, trouble in elementary school? Were there a lot I, of – I did one, – one time, actually – we had um in our, above our lockers we had our names written, and one mm-hmm. of the one of the the more thuggish young children Ooh. at this this Anglican all boys uniformed school, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they they bloody they put a hat on the U and uh-huh. they they changed my name, you know, and this was not done in good spirits. This was not done. You know, they weren't calling me Gay Montgomery because of my perpetually positive spirit. They were trying right. to um put the boot in. And so, wow. yeah, I guess I have had my share of hardship, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. In this respect, and yet yeah. you're still here. I think yeah. it's a testament if anything, to your results. That sort of buoyed me, and I thought, do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to really own the name Guy Montgomery. Yeah, we Miles, did you ever get any sort of shit for your name? Like your your name is sort of uh, inevitably a very cool name. Uh, uh, I don't. Well, when people tried to, I don't know. I didn't. I was sort of, I had a toxic mouth as a kid. So when right. people tried to fuck with me, I would just clap back with the most like asymmetric, um, disproportionate response. Asymmetric warfare. Yeah. Like it was like, oh, you want right. to tease my lunch? Like I'm going to say something awful about your family and right. then get in trouble because you're crying. And the teacher's like, you know those words in that <laughs> sequence, Miles? And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just insecure and an only child and my mouth is all I have. So. Mm-hmm. You gotta defend uh, yeah. your lunch's honor. Oh yes. yeah, especially like you know having like you know Japanese food and like you know kids have like lunchables and shit. Like you know you gotta sometimes you know early on establish that you're the wrong one to fucking mm-hmm. tease. And I know? think kids kids don't realize that they're the ones getting fucked with the lunchables. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean you know yeah. with hindsight, a lot of these 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 our uh, fellas would have killed for a little Japanese. You yeah. Know? A little yeah. onigiri, a bento box, you know, a sandwich that was made by hand rather than, I get it, you know, when you're a parent, you're like, fuck it, here, just throw that box in the bag and eat that, now go. <laughs> yeah. When you cut those kids open, you can see rings of sodium just like inside their <laughs> DNA from yeah. from every time they had Lunchables. Um, oh, I'm always right. surprised by that when I, I cut American children <laughs> open. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Isn't that strange? It's like, wow, I can see how many. It almost makes me forget myself and the fact that I really <laughs> got to stop cutting these kids open. Cutting these damned kids open. All right. Well, Guy, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. We're going to do a quick fascism check, see where we're, uh, where we're at, where we're headed. Uh, we're going to talk about the charge that came down uh from the uh for the cops who murdered Brianna Taylor the one of the three cops was charged with not murder uh, and the other two were not charged we'll talk about that we'll talk about Ron Johnson's bombshell Hunter Biden report we'll talk about the FinCEN leak if we have time all of that plenty more but first guy uh we like to ask our guests what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are uh, uh most recently i was searching um words that rhyme with simon okay <laughs> drop uh, a diamond 
Yeah, you uh, got it. I mean, you uh, even, even needed to use Hyman. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually spend quite a lot of time on uh, the website rhymezone.com. <laughs> yeah, I love rhymezone. Yeah. Shout out to all the high school rappers out there. Yeah. <laughs> huge shout out to rhymezone.com. I. Because I, I sometimes I just feel like if you don't if you gotta prepare for something and you don't have anything and you need something on short short notice, just bring a rhyme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was I was doing this uh this panel show, this New Zealand comedy topical panel show last night, and what, there was a game called Yes Minister, where a minister from our, our parliament comes in and you have to uh, try and get trick them into saying yes or no answers. And um uh, I, I didn't want to use his real name at any point, so I, I googled <laughs> words that rhyme with Simon and words that rhyme with uh, Bridges. Mm. Bridges? Oh, because yeah. his name was Simon Bridges. Well, and still is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did yeah. you call him? Pyman, Pyman Bridges? Yeah. Well, I started off. It's not the first time, time out. It's time in Bridges. Yeah, I called him. Time, uh, yeah. I called him. Uh, Simon Bridges Jones's diary initially, <laughs> nice. and okay. then the next time I tried to get him with one of my uh, very cleverly worded questions, I called him Siren Britches, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> then I called him Siphon Bitches, which I, I was probably over the line. Um, <laughs> and then I actually wound up calling him Simeon Brown, which is the name of one of his uh, his colleagues. There you go. <laughs> Siren Britches kind of sounds like you're saying he has an amazing ass or something like that. Right. Yeah. You're like you're, the, uh, well, those Britches is... are a siren. They, they have sirens. me crashing into the rocks. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't think about that. I haven't really observed his uh, derriere with any great detail, but, you know, uh huh. the guy's nice. a unit. He's probably got a nice taut but <laughs> um that's cool how how the overall uh, panel go did were you pleased uh that was my weakest that was my weakest part of the panel the, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> i didn't i it was difficult because i don't i don't especially um he's on the other side of the aisle from my political allegiance sure. and so it's difficult because it's a very sort of jovial show and right. so and you know like when you meet people they traditionally are there's a humanity to them that is removed when you're just watching them through news cycles and stuff. Right. So I don't really want to be affiliated with this guy, but I've got to um, play along in this comedy game. Right. And so uh, that was I found that a little bit challenging to 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 strike the right balance of sort of trying to upend him or or needle him without uh, you know still respecting the the overall totally. comedy tone of the show. Um, the price of being a nationally renowned wit. It would be yeah, like right. if this, Miles and I were first rate and were asked to be on like Wait Wait Don't Tell Me or something. Oh, I had to, man, had to like imagine? be fun and uh, cute alongside. It's because the mainstream media doesn't want to embrace us, dude. That's yeah, why. no, we're just you know too know real. I mean? Like that's yeah. the only thing. Is you guys are real. you guys are tremendously real. <laughs> uh, probably the, the realist. realist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then after that, I really hit my stride. I was um, I was cutting everyone up. I had some great quips. Nice. Uh, so what we've come to love you for. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you loved me for my uh, cutting insight. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the clips, man. I got to be honest, loving the clips. I love the clips. <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Um, engaging with new media or watching new uh, programs. Mm. You know, I've okay. got I've got an arsenal of stuff I know works for me, mm-hmm. and um. 
I don't think I really, you know, like this might be aging or just laziness or the state of affairs in the world, but I'm just going back to to uh, my my comfort food. You know, every night I've been like, I, I've got a real problem with social media. I I, I go on it to, like my muscle memory takes me there if I take out my phone without even right. You know, the, the cognizance it's happening. And so every night I've been like, I should really watch this um this neatly packaged movie about social media that is staring at me every time I open my computer. And then I think that's not what I want to do before I go to bed. I want to I want to catch up with um, the Simpsons back in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, and so let's nothing... not go past yeah everything before season nine. Basically, yeah, let's do and that. And so nothing happens and nothing changes, but um, I feel good. Yeah, <laughs> I like some uh, of the yeah. teens, some of the episodes in the teens seasons. Teens seasons. Yeah. It's, I, it's I a think... smattering at that point. I think as a species, we we could pull a uh, Star Trek and uh, just stop making new culture. Like in Star Trek, they're always like into Sherlock Holmes and stuff from the 20th century, even though uh, <laughs> they're many, many uh, centuries into the future. Uh, that's, but that's yeah. the work of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. That's how that's how he, that's how good his talent. He gets his talents into to humanity, and people just can't <laughs> right. put. They Gotta can't go back put to the classics. Down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think we can do that and be okay. You gotta watch. Well, I mean, for anyone who feels reluctant to watch a social dilemma, because I I understand like the idea of social media in and of itself is already overwhelming. But there's something also slightly comforting to hear like it all or see it all laid out <laughs> in a way that you right. can just go like, yeah, you know what? I actually don't need to like. I don't even need to feel bad of about avoiding this. I at don't all. think. I don't think that's um. I uh, avoiding it. I thought you were gonna say like. I don't feel bad about being addicted to this. I mean, these guys have made it, so I'm yeah. addicted. Like, it's just it's dismissing great. all of your yeah. behaviors out of here. It's made to be addictive, so <laughs> yeah. I don't have a problem. They do. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, in that sense where you're like, it is that cynical. And, you know, mm. like the way that they've, it's completely just like this runaway train now that you're almost like you have to take it into your own hands to sort of completely be like, they're telling me this thing is going somewhere they don't even, they can't predict now. Uh, mm. without any kind of regulation. So maybe it's better to hop the fuck off or at least like massively throttle back in a way that you realize like you're not falling victim to these sort of psychological traps. Well, it's just like I was talking with a friend about it last night and it's there used to be times in my life when I'd sit and just do nothing, not even read or watch anything, but just like sit with my yeah. own thoughts, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And that yeah. was such a, a great source of creativity like becoming bored and letting your brain actually you know make it as far through progressive thoughts or like you know as far down different ideas that you might spark into something of interest but now it's like you just fill that space with anything Scrolling. else you just yeah, yeah. Or just with like listening to everyone talk simultaneously which obviously cannot be good for you right no. and yes. to their point they say they talk about just how the how the computing speeds have just you know, exploded exponentially in the last 10 years. And we're still dealing with millions of years old brains that are not made to take this much, you know, data and this much stimulation, uh, like, you know, through the social media thing. So when you think of it, when you look at it like that and all these problems it's causing, you're like, yeah, that's right. Like we're, we're meant to fucking just like barely fucking use AOL it, at it, most. It genuinely feels like I'm short circuiting some of the time. 
Yeah, yeah. for uh, me, absolutely. As I become more and more conscious of my mental health, because obviously this year has taken its toll on everyone, I realize like the the second like you know from putting my social media apps like the very last screen on my phone so i have to be like one two three four i'm like by the fifth one i'm like oh we're really doing this still we're really doing this still (laughs) then i'm like yeah fuck that fuck that fuck that like let's just read or like let's listen to music or let's do something else yeah the point that somebody makes in the movie about how it for some reason this was really effective to me they were like what if when you looked up something on wikipedia the entry was rewritten based on what they thought you wanted to see and right. like that's basically what social media is like that really clarified to me i was like oh that's right that's very very bad um yeah and that's <laughs> yeah i think somebody needs to uh like a first rate uh institution should like make a list of uh, approved websites that you're like allowed to, or that that don't like break your brain, uh, like Rhyme Zone and Wikipedia, and then yeah. everything else is just unapproved. Rhyme yeah, Zone, baby. I, yeah, we I just used have, to like... use Rhyme Zone on like in the early 2000s. Like that's like one of those tools that it's just like, yeah, that's what the internet should be is just like <laughs> yeah. a thing. That you do. I mean, I used it for my wedding vows, which I wrapped. Uh, yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah, it was cool. He did it to on the thong song instrumental. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I shout out to things like the Rhyme Zone and Wikipedia that actually serve a purpose. And yeah, fuck social there should media. be this a Rhyme Zone app that when you download it, it's just one big button that takes over your whole home screen. So it's right. the only option. Your phone doesn't become <laughs> anything but just yeah. this massive the, Rhyme Zone vessel. <laughs> the new iPhone is preloaded with Rhyme Zone. <laughs> Rhyme Zone and Shazam and and, and a fucking somehow a U two album also sneaks its way on there. But well, yeah, you need now. you need U two albums and Rhyme it's, Zone. It's still that same U two album. U two album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ba 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 ba. I'm like, what the fuck is it? I almost want to throw my phone out the car. I love like, the idea that. You two have stopped making new music because they're like, people just didn't get that one. We're going to keep re-releasing it until <laughs> yeah, they right. come around. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Come uh, on, guys. You know, ba, 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 Santa, Everybody. Ba, ba. Come on. Everybody. Ba, 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 they're like, what the? Get off the stage. It's trash. <laughs> uh, guy, what's something you think is underrated? Uh, keeping fish. Keeping recently, fish. recently like started, fish? yeah, keeping a couple of little uh, tropical guppies, Ooh. Um, oh. and it's been very soothing. I yeah. uh, the reason I had to start, I I sort of had to start um, keeping fish against my. Well, it was it was, it was thrust upon me. I I play in a uh, fantasy football league, mm-hmm. and um, to to try and keep things competitive, if someone's having a bad season. We introduced something called the fish, which is mm. like a um, it's like a version of the wooden spoon, I suppose. You got the wooden spoon over there. You say the wooden spoon. I don't think is that a, a disciplinary like, and, device. We have oh, no, dis- you guys. We have wooden spoons. Yeah, yeah. It, well, I, I, yeah. yeah I we got those guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we also yeah, got and Wi-Fi. You can use them, yeah, we don't just use them for discipline. You can use them in the kitchen as well. Oh, right. Well, you know, if for you want to do your disciplining in the kitchen, uh, well, smacking a bottom. Yeah, but uh, uh, the wooden spoon in, in sports uh, elsewhere in the world represents the people who have finished last. So the, it's like the race to the wooden spoon is like the opposite of winning it. the championship. Got and uh, 
people were sort of mailing in their seasons. If they if things were going poorly, they stopped being invested. And it's frustrating because it still has an impact on what's happening at the top yeah, of the table. Yeah, of course, table. of course. Yeah. So you introduced the fish. And the fish is, if you carry the fish, so the first season it was just given to the new entrant into the league. They said, you're the fish and you can you got a chance to lose the fish. Every home game you play in the season, the fish is up for grabs. And if uh, whoever loses the fish bowl, they become the fish. And if oh. at the end of the season you are the fish, you have to, um, before the next season starts, you have to f- actually go out and buy and maintain fish in a fish tank or you're kicked out of the league. Wow. And, um, <laughs> I I came last and I was like oh, so sure this no. wouldn't be a problem because I thought the whole season would get cancelled, but that's just not how America works. And <laughs> no. so the show must go on. And so I had to go down to the local pet store and I spent up to, I spent like 400 New Zealand dollars getting my fish tank, you know, set up and everything just so I could play in this s- stupid league. But the, the upshot is I'm loving the fish. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, Better oh, I, for I, mental health than presumably fantasy sports, which yeah. are bad for mental health. And I didn't realize you were doing fantasy. I forgot you're an NFL fan. I was like getting excited. I'm like, yeah, mate, playing a fantasy football as well. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. I, yeah, I, but it's the NFL. What do you? Are, would you say you're a Niners fan or something? No, I'm a Broncos guy. Broncos. Hey, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. now. Uh, Rough start, but yeah. I actually, I mean, I don't really, you know, I don't really care. It's mostly just a social lubricant. It keeps me in touch with some old friends who otherwise we wouldn't have sure. a, a place to congregate. Is, is yeah. in in earnest, that's the service it provides. Unless you're having a good season, in which case it's actually quite important. And uh, yeah. it is all, it is all <laughs> skill based. Becomes the most important thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true? You know, wow. it to be false or vice versa. The Oxford Dictionary defines myth as. Uh, no, I'm just joshing you. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you do you now? Do you boys know what a gorgon is? Uh, I've definitely heard that word before. I remember the gorgonites from the movie Small Soldiers. Wow, you'll be alarmed to know that they were not the original gorgons. Ah, uh, oh, damn it! I know. Before Shakespeare was calling uh, women shrews, Greek fellas were calling uh, women gorgons, specifically the Gorgon sisters. I'm talking Stethno, Urail, and of course Medusa. Oh, and these, these the three, yeah, these three dames. They all had um, venomous snakes for hair. Uh huh. Um, pretty freaky stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And anyway, so there were these three sisters and this guy, Perseus, <laughs> son of Zeus, and also uh-huh. a, a regular woman named Dane, was like, God <laughs> damn it, I do not like those Gorgon sisters. Uh-huh. And I especially don't like Medusa. And um, Medusa was the only one that was mortal, I think, of the, of the Gorgon sisters. Anyway, it sounds harsh, but it's, it was kind of fair because... Um, not only did Medusa have snakes for hair, but if you looked in her eyes, well, she'd bloody well turn you to stone. <laughs> what? I know. That's... I can't deal with this. It, it sounds like absolute utter bullshit. Guy. Yeah, wow. Wow. No, so, I, but uh, I know a lot of people like I, I don't pay that much attention to Facebook, but sometimes my aunts <laughs> yeah, and uncles yeah. will forward a meme that's all about that assumes Medusa will turn you to stone if you look her in the That's eyes. right. I did, yeah. I don't understand. If you got snakes for hair, why are you go why are you bothering with this other 
you know, surely you want people to be able to look at you to go, whoa, <laughs> holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> that's so unusual. But Medusa, obviously, she was embarrassed or something. Put on a hat. Right. Yeah. Um, or put anyway. in a ponytail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could um, you imagine then, all the snake heads in the back and it's just like this really awful thing you know at the back and it's like, ah. No one has ever really looked at this from the snake's perspective. Yeah. yeah. These, these, these snakes must have been furious. Yeah. Tethered to a head? Yeah. Right. What do they anyway, eat? Her dandruff? Presumably, yeah. Horrible. But uh, And then she started, she started shampooing with a tea tree shampoo. <laughs> so they didn't even, all of the bloody detritus of her scalp was gone. They didn't uh. have any nutrients. Anyway. I mean, think Perseus. about the malting and how much flakes, <laughs> yeah. flaking there would be. Perseus was, yeah. he was always like just um, molted snake skins. <laughs> wow. It's kind of baller. Um, <laughs> anyway, Perseus was like, look, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. And then um, he was telling, I don't know, probably his dad or some, something. <laughs> and Athena was nearby. And Athena was like, wow, if you've really got into a problem with um, Medusa you wanna, and you want to kill her, you got to make sure you don't look in your eyes, in her eyes. And so uh, Perseus, he approached her. I, I actually don't know what specific thing Medusa did to antagonize him to this point. I think he just didn't like her energy. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, instead of looking at her in the eyes, and everyone in Greece at the time thought this was so brilliant, but it seems so obvious. He used a shield with a mirror on it oh. to find her. So he wasn't looking directly at her. And he, um, he, he chopped off her head. Uh-huh. Oh. And, and that's true. And then don't they use the head? <laughs> that's not a myth. A lot of yeah. people think that's a myth, but that actually happened. That's true. The well, head saying, became a tool, didn't it? Well, yeah. He, uh, you know, I'm just thinking because now I'm like realistically being like, I played God of War. I remember you just pull a Gorgon head out of nowhere and <laughs> turn people to stone. I'm like, just keep that head on your hip. Mm. Oh, really? Well, it I retained mean, its power even after it was chopped off. Yeah, it was weird, but you know what? I don't give a fuck. You know, you know, it's just me and Kratos doing our thing. So it's weird that it, it would retain its power after uh, it's <laughs> it no longer retains any life, but you it does not have its power if you look at it through a mirror. Yeah. Also, if the if it retains its power, presumably the snakes are still charging. You got right, that yeah, on your right. belt. You're, you're you're introducing all sorts of problems. Oh yeah. Anyway, don't think these things through. A lot of people think that's not true. Uh, turns yeah. out, actual historical fact. Yeah. I'd like to uh, cordially invite everyone who thinks that's uh, not true to, to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to uh, check in with where we are on the fascism meter. And we're back. And Guy, you are in uh, New Zealand, uh, which has a, a leader who uh, checks in with uh, kindly wood carving uh, people on Twitch as Miles was uh, catching mm -hmm. us up on uh, is just a, a, a human being uh, mm -hmm. here in, in the States uh, just to catch you up. Uh, we, we still have uh, Donald Trump as president. Um, and he is super excited that uh, journalists are are getting um, thrown thrown up. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, the I, the quotes are like he's giddy, you know. Yeah. At, a, at a rally recently, just saying they grabbed one guy and he's like, "I'm a reporter. I'm a reporter." They threw him aside like he was a little bag of popcorn. I mean, honestly, when you watch the crap, 
that we've all had to take so long. When you see that, it's actually, you don't want to do that. But when you see it, it's actually a beautiful sight. That's his quote. It's a Gee, beautiful sight. Liz. And he's to have somebody just ragdolled around because they're performing their duty as a journalist to inform the rest of the public of what's happening in the country. It's, it, it's, I have not been uh, particularly, with due respect to, to, to my American brethren, uh, engaged with the, the U.S. news cycle. While it seems like Trump has made a dog's breakfast of the whole presidency for most of the time, but it, it seems like he's really in panic mode now, and so he's just, just trying to um, spread his shit as far and wide as he can. Absolutely, you know, it's uh, I, it's yeah. grim. I, I don't, don't think I don't, he's uh, panicking. Blame though. you. I I think he thinks he's going to win and has good reason to think he's going to win because it's he's... the panic will set in when whatever happens on election day and like he has to figure out which way it's going to go. Because right now this almost seems like instinctive, just being like, "All right, let's hit the accelerator." Well, he did the yeah. he did the he had a similar tone when he was talking about uh, the possibility of people protesting on election night. I I think he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, we'll just." Uh, so he was being interviewed on Fox News, and he said, "If there's rioting, which as we know they define as any protests that aren't mm. uh for white supremacy that aren't pro racism, uh, yeah. yeah, then uh." He and his side will, quote, put them down very quickly. We have the right to do that. We have the power to do that if we want. Look, it's called insurrection. We just send in and we do it very easy. He didn't say who he's going to send in, but we do it very easy. I mean, it's very easy. I'd rather not do that because there's no reason for it. But if we had to, we'd do that and put it down within minutes. This, uh, this is sort of an aside, but it's just a curiosity about his... um the way his synapses work. Do you think in his internal monologue, he finishes sentences? Right. Uh, no, no, no. I don't. Yeah. Do that's ever, good... Do you think he's ever thought a sentence through to its end? Right. Like it does seem like he starts a sentence, finishes it in his brain, but starts the next sentence before his mouth finishes it. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But he's I like also a, think there's yeah. like some skipping over that happens where he's like, we just send in realizes, Oh, I can't say the army because the army oh, yeah. wouldn't do what I want. So he just moves forward. Yeah. He's kind of like, uh, it, it's sort of like he sends a tire down a hill and then starts chasing after it. <laughs> right. I feel like it's like sort of the thing. It's like, he gets a little <laughs> momentum and he's like, Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Like, that's what it feels it. like. <laughs> Yeah, because like it's so disjointed, and like at times he's almost getting a hold of the tire that he kicked down the hill, and you hear right. something, and then it completely yeah. he loses his grip on it, and now we're talking about some and other shit. At the end, he's down at the bottom of the hill next to the tire. Do you see what I did? Yeah, you see, <laughs> you that, that tire right. came down that hill together. It's like no, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> that yeah, tire exactly. was leading the way. Uh, you were chasing it like a little boy, but that's that's fine. And yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the kinds of actions that, again, if people aren't convinced of, about what fascism looks like, yeah, that's this is this is where it's at. And then you also have Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, proposing laws that are absolutely just draconian fuckery, like all of these just just a set of laws he's proposing to essentially just discourage people from protesting. Uh, you know, after the Unite the Right rally, there was like a slew of bill of uh, legal proposals that were coming out of like Republican controlled states that were essentially trying to make it illegal to protest or at least protest against uh, racism. Uh, you know, if you really look at how the language was all worked out, 
But these proposals from DeSantis talk about higher charges for participating in disorderly assemblies, disorderly assemblies or damaging statues, attaching fucking RICO liability, like racketeering charges to people who are found to be like organizers of these disorderly assemblies. So treating them like fucking mobsters uh, if they're if they're basically trying to organize their community and then even make it legal to strike someone with your vehicle if you are fleeing uh, to safety from a mob. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're saying legal legalized weaponization of your car against people who are advocating for equality. Which we've seen from white supremacist terrorism. Like that's yeah, their absolutely. chosen form of, and also incels and, you know, that sort of. It just, uh, yeah, thing. it's it's a thing we've seen like far too often. So, I mean, it's. You know, we'll see where these proposals go, but these are absolutely the kinds of things that the the right has to do to be able to maintain minority power. Because I, the logic behind all of these laws isn't because it's not because Florida is out of control with their protests. They've been pretty subdued. Right. Um, but, you know, it's just this whole thing. It all boils down to this mentality that the GOP has, which is sort of, well, if there's more of them or people on the left, then we need to make it illegal for them to exercise their power. That's just the only way they can get ahead of it. It's like, oh, okay, well, then just make it illegal for them to be organized. Right. The There's an Atlantic article that uh, is kind of the number one story on Drudge right now that uh, is talking about how, like, basically they say the worst case, it, we, we've we talked on this show, uh, Joe Biden, uh, who is a, a big fan of the show, despite the fact that we disagree with him a lot. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, has said that like he he always puts it out there as the worst case scenario is Trump refuses to accept the his loss and then is like swiftly removed by the armed forces. Um, but this article points out and like interviews a number of uh, intelligence experts who are really worried about this that uh, Trump rejects the election outcome and uses his power to prevent a decisive outcome against him, basically. Like, it's not that it's a clear-cut thing, and Trump is like, no, it's not a clear-cut thing. It's that because he's able to muddy the waters in so many different ways, uh, nobody, there's not a, you know, accepted uh, version of what, what happened in the election. And then for three months, we have you know, in the courts and in the streets, just a complete clusterfuck because nobody agrees, you know, the the thing that has been happening for the past four years, which is, you know, we can all look at the same video and not see the same thing uh, happens with the presidential election uh, and almost definitely will happen with presidential election unless Trump wins a clear cup victory. Um, because if Biden wins a clear cut victory, Trump has already told us he uh, is not going to accept it. He said the only way that we lose this election is if they take it from us and uh, with like widespread election fraud. So he's going to uh, imply that's happening no matter what. And then, yeah, it's just we're fully the the article compares it to the months right before 9-11, where there's like these big red blinking warning signs within the intelligence community, but there's just like not really anything in place to do anything about it. Uh, and in this case, you know, the, the call is coming from inside the house. The, right. the president is uh, sp- 
specifically the one who's trying to take the towers down, I guess. Hmm. He's just he's he's really um highlighting the element of, you know, because you've got your I actually don't know all the all the different things, but you've got all of this infrastructure in place traditionally, your American political system to try and um protect whatever institutions they are. And uh is a real testament to how much of that was based on like just goodwill or like, yeah. you know, the idea that he he really he's operating on a whole different plane of existence. I mean, he's, yeah. it, it's it's the highest level of fuckery that you could reach for. Yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's from, from here where it's like, I don't even understand a lot of the mechanisms that are, uh, that are in place that sort of, you know, that govern your political system. And I don't think he does either. It's just like, he's pushing all the buttons at his office yeah. at once to see what the fuck happens. Yeah, right, it's exactly. all instinct with him. So it's a baby flying a jetliner. Yeah, yeah. His instincts. It's like I don't know what, what does these do, and you're like, "What the fuck is that baby doing <laughs> yeah, in there?" Yeah. That's meant for fucking rational adults who understand the same. Whatever. Not there's no sanctity to anything anymore in this country. But you know, I always liken it to this thing of like when the Vikings arrived in like continental Europe. At that time, every like all the gold was stored. A lot of gold was just stored in monasteries or churches where people respected the idea of mm. God and you wouldn't dare go into a church to steal things cut to these godless people showing up. And they're like, this weak ass monk is the one guy protecting all this gold. Okay. Well, fuck it. It's ours now. And people are like, what are we going to do? Right. The thing that God used to keep people from doing this. Well, guess what? There's, these people showed up and then they're not playing by the same rules. So to, you can't be outraged anymore. You have to very quickly accept that these people are not playing the same game and adjust your tactics accordingly. Otherwise, you're just going to sit back and watch everything be taken from right under you. Yeah, it's all norm based. It's things that we have always taken for granted as just these like little formalities like the yeah. uh, concession speech, the calling the other the opponent to congratulate them on winning which is the official like you know line between okay the election is over this person has won uh those are not those aren't official things um yeah. there, there's this history professor from princeton who's uh julian zelizer who is saying we're not prepared for this at all we talk about it some worry about it and we imagine what it would be but few people have actual answers to what happens if the machinery of democracy is used to prevent a legitimate resolution to the election. Like, it's going to be chaos for months. I I can't, I personally don't, like, the only version that isn't that is if Trump wins a clear-cut victory. Because if Biden wins a clear-cut victory, I can't imagine Trump just being like, well, you know, I've been bested. Uh, the better man won. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Well, yeah. It's just yeah. never going to happen. It's um, yeah. It's it, it is crazy. It's also to think if if Biden were to win, it's sort of how people are talking about they did it, they did it in like 2016, I think, when we lost a lot of iconic celebrities, and everyone said, "Ah, oh, I'm done with 2016. Bring on <laughs> yeah. 2017." It was like it's not the year. A lot of the times, it's our cancer that's killing these celebrities, right? And right. it's what people are doing with 2020, where they're like, you know, like. COVID-19 keeps a calendar and then waves everyone on the way out at New Year's saying, thanks for having me. And it's the same thing with like, if Biden wins, it's not like the, the state that the country will be left in is not like, 
immediately reparable. It's not like all of the disgruntled people who are, you know, like it's a, it's, 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 t- it's a tough, I got to tell you, traditionally I've quite enjoyed watching America from a safe distance, but uh, it's becoming a tough watch. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Don't look too long or you'll turn to stone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fly in with a mirror on my face. Bunch forehead. of fucking Gorgons <laughs> over here. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, and yesterday, uh, a couple hours actually before we recorded this, uh, the Kentucky AG announced that uh, one of the three cops who fired randomly at Brianna Taylor, uh, an unarmed person, uh, and murdered her, uh, one of those three cops would be charged with uh, not murder, uh, and the mm. other two would not be charged. It's... You know, it's what we thought it was going to be, which is woefully inadequate. The the cop who was charged is being charged with wanton endangerment, I think, uh, or so, something along those lines. Yeah, no, it's wanton endangerment. Yeah, what a five-year maximum sentence. Uh, this is a cop who uh, was known to try to give very drunk women rides home from bars and sexually assault them, and not, not try. He actually was... Uh, accused of that and ha- was subsequently fired from the um, force. So the because he didn't have the like blue wall of you know silence protecting him anymore. I think they felt like they could like do a good faith gesture that people would accept at like putting this making this guy uh, actually like face some charge, but. Um, there's also this letter, this email, 2 a.m. email from one of the other officers, John Mattingly, who it just makes you he sent this email to his fellow Louisville police officers. It was just so again, it just reminds you of all the police we've heard just be petulant in response to people asking them to, you know, be responsible for the you know, violence that they uh, are are enacting on on people and responsible for the fact that they go into situations with their guns drawn and are not taking that responsibility seriously. They it's like kids being caught doing something and choosing to just like go full tilt like uh temper tantrum. Yeah. Um we're just seeing, you know, like uh, de facto white supremacy and shit like that just reasserted itself. You know, in the beginning of the uprisings, I was talking about how it it's a living organism. And while there was a lot of momentum during a lot of the demonstrations, that there will always be a response because it's this, you know, phenomenon in the country that just has to sustain its existence. And it's just reasserting itself by saying, yes, these people can completely botch a warrant and murder an innocent woman and two people will just fucking walk away. And another guy will just get a really fancy charge of being, which essentially just sounds like ah, ah, da, da, da. that was wanton endangerment rather than you straight up murdered an innocent person. Uh, and it's, mm, I don't know. 
I don't know what to say. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not surprised. The second the they were saying that the Louisville Police Department and the city was going into a state of emergency before this announcement, I think everybody knew yeah. uh, what was going to happen. The same thing, which is in the pursuit for justice, uh, we're not really getting it, but we get other little, you know, tokens here and there. You know, uh, somebody might be on a magazine cover. Or some company hires two more people of color or something like that. But it's never the hard work to really have a reckoning with how awful this system is set up and how people seeking justice. There's an entire segment of the country that seeks justice and just can never get it. Uh, And that's also a really unsustainable path we're going down as well, uh, because it completely erodes the trust that people have in each other and their communities and their leaders and just and will begin to create suspicion among people. Like you don't know who you're interacting with and what the outcome is going to be, because you also know you're operating in a world where the legal system will not protect you. In fact, it will prey upon you. So yeah, it's just total, total bullshit. Uh, But it's the same thing over and over. And I think that's why people really need to see that incremental changes are not going to resolve any of this. This incrementalism still allows, you know, organisms, organizations like the Louisville Police Department and other police departments across the country to operate in the same way because we're not actually putting our foot down and saying, these are the things we can no longer do. These are This is the way we need to ferret out the bad apples if you want to go with that theory. But no one is taking the problem seriously. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's shitty. The Hankinson uh, sexual assault stuff just made me go down a rabbit hole of how big a problem this is with police. And uh, there's a 2014 report that explains, you know, driving while female uh, as a, it's basically, you know, cops will pull women over for alleged traffic violations as a pretext to sexually harass or abuse them. And uh, it's just so fucking dark. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think people just need to realize that a lot has to happen and it has to happen urgently. Like, you know, shout out to people who can kind of just forget that this is an ongoing problem because there aren't people in the streets uh, tearing shit down. But it's it hasn't stopped and it's not going to stop. So please don't use the people in the streets as an indication of how engaged you need to be uh, about this issue. It's ongoing it's non-stop and the less attention that is paid to it the longer it's going to exist and be able to essentially thrive i decided to say i found that tremendously articulate uh miles i i um i, I don't really have anything to add but um it's yeah it's, it's well guy it's, what do you what, what do you have to say for yourself down there in new zealand i would I, well, look, I would say watching it from here it looks like it looks like a page one rewrite to me boys <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Starting, yeah, we're tossing it out. Uh, delete the Celtex file if that's what you use to write your scripts. Uh, but yeah, it's, Celtics. yeah, I mean, it really is. It's just, it's, it's, you know, one of the many consistent illnesses in this country, uh, societal mm-hmm. ills that we just fail to address because we haven't reached a tipping point where the victims look enough like the people in power to do something. All right. Let's talk about the 2020 election. Really briefly, oh, man. it's yeah. an election year. Yeah, um, I, I, I yeah, you, we use air quotes for that. I think at the moment, <laughs> Jesus Christ. There, yeah, so there's like a certain 
a list of things that uh, Trump allies have been claiming are going to turn the election in his favor, uh, like these October surprises. And one of them was this Hunter Biden report that was going to uh, make good on all the things that Trump was kind of implying when he was uh, committing crimes that got him impeached. That we yeah. just like kind of forgot about that thing. But uh yeah, the the whole idea that Hunter Biden was, you know, involved in illegal activity, uh, used his father's position as the vice president to enrich himself. Yeah, it's cool, man. Because Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, who's by far the fucking most the least intelligent, one of the least intelligent senators that this country has, been talking all day. Wait till you see this report. Wait till you see me, a U.S. sitting U.S. senator, essentially just reformat Russian propaganda into a Senate legitimate Senate research document or seemingly legitimate and try and drop a bomb. And it's like you're saying, it's all old debunked bullshit from like a year ago that we've already talked about, that we've already said is bullshit, that everyone knows is has, carries no weight um, of this idea that Hunter Biden worked on he was on the board of Burisma the Ukrainian gas company and essentially making the case that his position interfered with US foreign policy which is like first of all just shut the fuck up if you're that you're really that concerned with that please take a look at what's happening right now let's catch up to now uh and tell me if you still have that same outrage energy which they don't um the whole thing just they aside from this being completely just total horseshit they further just go on to fully cell phone in their little report because in their assessment, this line is in the report, quote, the extent to which Hunter Biden's role on Burisma's board uh, affected U.S. policy toward Ukraine is not clear. Mm. Yet this is what they're going around waving like their own report is like, I don't know, it's kind of all sort of tenuous shit, but I don't know. Here it is from if you want to read it. <laughs> That's really uh, pulling a pulling a page from the the U two playbook there, where it's just taking an old uh, an old thing and reformatting yeah. it and saying, "What about now? What about Do you like ba, it now?" Ba, 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 rizma, ba, ba, rizma. It's like, no, bro, we heard that last year, and it's bullshit. How did this get in my consciousness again? <laughs> oh man. It's just, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's bad faith. It's, and it's really low energy because at the end of the day, like it's really not savvy older guys. It's, it's just also the, every single political move that's being pulled is, um, there's no, there's no roadmap. There's no vision for what the country is meant to be. There's no forward progress. It's literally all right. just attack politics. Like the entire basis of Republican thinking appears to be like, fuck everyone like just fuck everyone else and that's yeah. that's the the you know the governing principle i mean it's it's like it's it's literally unfathomable or i mean not literally anymore but it, it seems so unfathomable that it's like that can that's enough to not only for them i just i can't even articulate it it's just what's the what's the end game yeah. The end game is like it's privatize so can... everything and then like enrich the like oligarchical class. It's that's it's that's really the end game. You know, when mm -hmm. you look at how cities go bankrupt and then, you know, utilities are privatized and things like that. That's just the pattern um, that it, you know, will eventually fully play out. And a lot of people are profiting off of things uh, while many others suffer. 
Cause it's the only way, like it's just, it's, we're watching it hollow itself out and they don't even realize what the long-term effects are like in the sense that even if you are depressing your, the wages of your workers, that in turn creates less fucking consumers for the goods that you have. And then being like, what the fuck's going on? I thought we can just keep people at these depressed wages, but they can't consume. And it's like, I don't know. Well, fuck it. Let's just be, let's just focus our attention somewhere else so we can just continue to enrich ourselves. It's it. I think that's all it's headed towards. But at the end of the day, it's just that we're just, we've arrived at that point where, the whole like lie of America that most people who weren't who didn't look like, you know, your cookie cutter American have always believed this is what the country has been. And now it's just so disgustingly transparent, like there's just no way to hide that from is, it anymore before there is, are a million ways to convince yourself. Yeah. Maybe it's OK, but now it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it is a ghoulish fucking from, country from New Zealand. The impression is very much like because we grow up with so much of your um your me, you know, we 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 constantly your your PR machine's been in overdrive my entire yeah. living and breathing life, and it sort of broadcasts American ex- exceptionalism, like you know, it's this prestige TV show, America, we're the best at everything, <laughs> and then it does. It's starting to feel like what we're seeing is the behind the scenes making right. of documentary. And yeah, it's like what this is the show. Right, 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 right. Yeah. How do you put none of this stuff in? This is, I mean, it's a. Uh, I'll say it again. It's a tough watch, but it it does feel like it's all being laid bare, and like because you've taught yourselves, you've so, you've you've self trained to point high definition cameras at your at your country for so long, it's like you can't figure out how to stop broadcasting when the 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 show starts going off the rails. Right? Yeah, because like you know we get, I mean. New Zealand is not it's not a perfect it's not a perfect place. I'm sure that all of our, our our problems seem very, you know, backwater and trivial from what's happening over there, but it's like um I would say instead the, of backwater, I would say aspirational. We, yeah. we wish those yeah, were our yeah. problems. Man. But um it's you know like it's still you know, you guys dominate the net, the the international airwaves so so frequently. It's just um and the yeah. you know it's I like, think there's a bit of global schadenfreude too. Certainly, like, yeah, uh, look at those the, assholes. Yeah, the number one. That is oh, the, the worst. This. The worst part of me until like I'm actually engaged in conversation with you guys, or like you know, if I if I properly delve into what's happening, it, there is a certain element of like it's the worst part of the New Zealander in me. This, we have this thing called tall poppy syndrome, where if anyone gets too big for their boots, you want to see them cut down. Right. But um, there is a little bit of like, well, you know, you train cameras your on bed. yourself. Yeah. We don't just watch the good bits. Yeah, right. absolutely. At the same time, like I can you call it Schadenfreude when the people that you're watching, you know, get at least brought to some form of justice or at least uh exposed have been like killing people from other countries wantonly without like consequence and then just yeah. ignoring that no, in their no, yeah. it's self-image. too complex. We're yeah, just it looks, we're it like looks, a it, beautiful like plutonium rod. <laughs> that you don't realize is killing you by it being looks, near it. A lot of the what is being broadcast, like it genuinely looks like America is in a in a state where traditionally um, a country like America would come in as a foreign yeah. imperial power and take care of business. I yeah. mean, if only like Instagram likes and influencers were as valuable as let's say fossil fuels or oil, 
uh, <laughs> then maybe people would come to harvest that in the name of democracy. But I, it's not uh. clear yet. I mean, speaking of the end game, there there were these papers leaked uh, to BuzzFeed News uh, earlier, I think, or end of last week. Uh, it's being called the FinCEN leak, uh, but it's just, you know, more evidence that capitalism is broken without way more regulation. But it's all about two trillion dollars worth of crime being legitimized by the financial institutions that are supposed to sort of lockdown that you know it's the massa it's deutsche bank it's hsbc it's jp morgan it's the um financial institutions that are supposedly so big that you had to bail them out because they're you know the whole linchpin that the whole thing is based on um but yeah two trillion dollars of transactions and this is just like a very small like tip of the iceberg situation uh where you know, they were knowingly uh, letting these transactions go through that were uh, basically part of blatant money laundering and blatant financial scams that mm-hmm. uh, were funding terrorism and funding, uh, you know, there were Ponzi schemes, there were uh, terrorism, Russian crime, uh, Russian organized crime. Um, and they were, what was happening is, you know, small businesses would work with somebody who would get access to their money and like their payroll taxes would just like half year's worth of payroll taxes would disappear. Uh, and it would be uh, funneled to these accounts. And because uh, Deutsche Bank or, you know, these supposedly trustworthy institutions would vouch for these schemes, that money would just disappear. Instead of being like a thing where you're like, oh, the, this is fraud. Like, can you help me get this back? Or, you know, say bygones be bygones. When, like when somebody is clearly like stolen your credit card or something. Instead of that, these small businesses either went out of business or had to lay people off because, uh, you know, some financial institution. It was like better for the bottom line of some financial institution. Right. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. That's that's something that was People, just released. <laughs> yeah, and it just, I mean, there's the Panama Papers. There's this. There's every fucking leak on earth you need to say. Uh, come on, y'all! Like it's it's all happening in the top. You know, two percent or half a percent are completely just siphoning all of the wealth and stability out of this country. Um, yet we still many people still cannot. Go arrive at that point intellectually where you say this is an this is completely unsustainable and unable to connect the dots to how that affects them where yes like to your point a business who's been fucked over by this like massive uh, money laundering scheme involving these large banks has to lay off people people have no jobs people can't pay rent or take care of themselves and that creates like it's not just the financial aspects it causes trauma all across the board. And I think a lot of people can't connect those two either of like, it's like, wow, those guys made a lot of money. It's like, no, man, you know what $2 trillion worth of trauma, human trauma looks like because you pulled $2 trillion out of the economy. That's also another measure that people need to understand, like how to also see how we measure these things. Cause it's not purely that like, it's hard to conceptualize $2 trillion and what that does. But if you think about how many people 
could use, you know, what $2 trillion does for people who have been laid off or lost their health insurance or are seeking uh, housing, things like that. That's where you begin to see what is happening here. And when people are just sitting on that money and people are like also need the support, it should really be disgusting to people. And it should be a very quick idea or quick conclusion to make the saying, we have to rebalance this for the good of everyone. But again, I think through our media and things like that, we've really done a good job with inoculating people against this and making it such a like asper like this idea of, you know, we protect millionaires because we still treat it as this like aspirational thing uh, because we have all these like, in you know, uh, visions of like successful people that we think we can also be that, you know, we have this like weird fake class solidarity with with the wealthy. Yeah. There's that documentary, The Act of Killing, from 2012 that I always talk about, but uh, it's basically about this genocide that happened in Indonesia where a democratically elected leader was replaced by a dictator with not necessarily the help, but at least the complicity of the United States. And uh, like we tend to, we prefer dictators and fascism to socialism and the people who commit the genocide are like who do the actual killing. It's called the act of killing because the stars of this documentary are the actual people who are on the street directing or actually physically doing the killing of like thousands of people. And they like associate American capitalism with gangsters. They're like, those are one in the same and they think gangsters are cool. And like, they're the aspirational thing. And it just like that ever since I saw that, American capitalism made like more sense to me that um, like the way they think of it is like socialism and things like that are for, uh, you know, nerd nerds. And then American capitalism and capitalist success are for like the gangsters. And like, that's what's cool. Is, like those are you, the two sides, the two poles. Do you think there's also an element of uh, self delusion where it's like you know people would rather associate themselves with the strata yes or traditionally above and so it's like they don't actually see that the the money or whatever the the trauma is coming out from them totally because they're mentally associating with the where it's happening from yeah it truly is this it's easier to think i'm going to be rich than i am poor right now mm. right and I think not enough people are coming to grips with that. Mm. And I think also too, like you, like even like the stories we tell on TV, like they're not not a lot are very realistic in terms of like, you know, most houses that we see the characters live in, those aren't houses anyone like. You know, that's like you have to be a, you'd have to have a pretty significant income for your home to look like the people on yeah. TV. But we're we're shown that as being normal. So. Yeah. It, that also creates like a sense of shame around what you're able to afford, because if that's the baseline, then you're kind of like, OK, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. That's just I just got to keep working and I'll get there. I'll get there rather than saying, like, hold the fuck up. Why aren't I there right now? Why isn't this normal? Why do I have three jobs to barely afford my apartment? Yeah, Um, because I think we still have this idea like we can get there rather than saying, like, we need to actually flip over the fucking table. Right. Uh, rather than still pl still sit at it and wait for our hand, that hand to get dealt to us. It's like, fuck that. It's not going to happen. Not not at this rate. Uh, or else you probably wait, have to wait four fucking lifetimes for something like that to happen, or at least work four fucking lifetimes to earn that amount of money. 
Yeah, it's always interesting when an American TV show or movie decides to show class in any way, like that's considered revolutionary as opposed to just like the status quo. Um, right. Whereas the status quo <laughs> is just a like fairy tale where people, where a blogger in New York City can live in like an amazing apartment in Sex and the City or yeah. like... Uh, mm-hmm. Or like friends, the these are people who like never seem to work, who like live in amazing apartments in Manhattan when like that became yeah. impossible, like in and the it, late eighties. It's it all those shows also always become like you know it's this brave TV show acknowledges that income inequality exists, and right. it's not people living their lives ordinarily. It's the fact yeah. that they're hard up against it is the concentration of the show. Right. So you're not it has actually to be seeing about you're that. Not, yeah. Yeah. You're not seeing a life just being lived. You're like, you know, you're watching someone aspire to level up. Right. Yeah. Uh well, Guy, it's been uh great having you Damn on. Damn pleasure. Damn pleasure. Uh despite uh, uh our country disintegrating around us. Uh it's great to get your perspective uh on on what that disintegration looks like. Uh, it's like a little uh, solar system going supernova in the sky from from where you're standing. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, um, it's all it's all different down here. You know how <laughs> you guys are transitioning into the fall. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. get a load of day. this. Get a yep. load of this. We're um <laughs> we're in spring, baby. Ah, yeah. And, and I hear coronaviruses at a at a low there too, huh? What's it like in spring? Hopefully, that's what our spring will look like. I. Uh, yeah, well, in spring, you can look forward to uh, being allowed out of the house again. Wow. Do you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to um, fly on an airplane to to visit my folks. Wow. Uh, in a different city. That's right. How Flex. long is a flight across New Zealand? Uh, I'm like, flying more or less the entire length of the country, and I believe it is um, two hours and 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Not, I like that. It's not long. What's the car ride then? Like seven hours? Uh, it, would, it would be across islands. So it would take seven hours to get to Wellington and then a ferry, which is about three and a half, four hours. And then it would be another sort of seven or eight hour drive, I guess. Woo. All right. Yeah. Take the plane. Take the plane. Yeah. Plane, planes go fast, man. See, it turns know. out. Yeah. <laughs> just just doing there. some cocktail napkin math here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would yeah. take the plane. I would take yeah, the yeah. plane for sure. Well, I'll uh, stick to the plan I had in place. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we approve. Always uh, want to check. Always want to check in on you, man. Yeah. Guy, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me across uh, my Twitter and Instagram at Guy underscore Mont. And um, my podcast, The Worst Idea of All Time, is currently embarking on a new uh, misguided season. So if you want to check that out, it's my, me and another comedian uh, and friend, Tim Bat. Uh, previously, we've watched and reviewed the same movie every week for a year, uh, and this year we've done something different. Where where um, there's a soft core pornography franchise that in New Zealand you would grow up with uh, called mm-hmm. Emmanuel. Oh and yeah, there are, there are fifty plus of these um, films and various different spinoffs, and we are slowly mowing our way through the back catalogue. Uh, so How's please that going? join us. Um, Honestly, it's a different it's a different kind of beast from what I'm used to. Like you know, it's it's it is less mentally arduous, I would say, mm. to um to experience a different piece of media. Who knew? 
<laughs> you know, uh, and so it's. I mean, I I think we're we're sort of hitting our straps. We've watched eight of them now, and the the movies have gone from sort of this genuinely quite artful uh, attempt to create some sort of cinematic experience to just like it's transitioning to mid nineties kind of bizarro world softcore porn. Um, right. It's not long until we land in America with the Emmanuel. <laughs> Lost in Space series. Yeah, I mean, on space, yep. I'm I'm very excited for. Yeah. Oh yeah. What I that was on Skinamax, as we so lovingly called it. <laughs> oh, or was on, it Showtime? I in, forget. It, in New Zealand they'd play on there's this like uh, a very sort of rudimentary uh, cable access was called Sky and there's right. like this channel called Sky One and on a Friday at midnight these movies would start playing and so you'd hope everyone was in bed and you'd have the TV on the last volume and oh yeah mm-hmm. you know you'd, you'd you'd catch a glimpse of your first beer midriff and you'd say oh I, I can't wait to be old enough one day to understand why something like that love watching <laughs> yeah. what um, is going on with me do, do they show nudity on regular oh, yeah. TV in New Zealand I, oh, I was just I, oh, I, th- I thought you were talking about Emmanuel I'm like oh yeah after, after certain hours <laughs> after perhaps, certain hours yeah yeah we, we very cool pretty, Pretty similar broadcast guideline. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Did you? Answer? Oh, yeah, there was a tweet actually. Um, I I dug up specifically for this moment, which is by an account day, at David Eight Hughes. David Hughes. Uh, it's quite an old one, but I it sort of was doing the rounds again recently. Which was, um, son hands me a picture he painted. Me, what's that? Son, it's our house. Me walks outside with son. <laughs> Do you see how it absolutely isn't? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> kids are such shitty artists, man. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Tell them. I will tell you Get what. Get them. <laughs> uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray, and also my other podcast, Four Twenty Day Fiance, uh, with Sophie Alexandra on right here. I heart. A mm. uh, tweet I'm liking. Uh, one which just made me laugh. Felt like a very LA tweet. It's from past guest Yadoye Travis uh, at Yadoye OT. Tweeted, I just remembered the last time I was in LA, my friend took me to a party, and halfway through the party was like, This is Susan Sarandon's house? <laughs> uh, <this laughs> feels like a very thing you re- realize. You're like, What the fuck? Why is all these pictures of. Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> um, and then this other tweet blew up earlier this week, but I just love it as someone who went to, uh, you know, Catholic and Lutheran schools growing up. Uh, this is from at Mr. Silky Smooth 24 tweeted, it's not premarital sex if y'all never get married. Follow me for more biblical loopholes. <laughs> <laughs> that was mine for the day, but I can find another. Uh, oh, shit. That's so good. Uh, Phil Jameson tweeted, every hat is a top hat. A bottom hat is shoes. Um <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> He's not. Uh, oh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on, Miles. What are we riding out on today? This is a track from Dahl, D-A-L, featuring Leah Yeager. Uh, I'm not familiar with either of these artists, but I'm familiar with the vibe. The track is called Those Days, 
and it's just very laid back it's like so laid back like you feel like the drummer might be falling asleep because they're just so behind the beat and the bassist might you know have been woken up from a nap because it's just so laid back uh this is just you know a great track to listen to given the state of things so just go back with some relaxed vibes and think about those days whatever those days mean to you Mm. yeah classic songs always talking about these days what about those what about exactly. those over there? Yeah. About them days. What about a song that dares to reminisce? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. We'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.